Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. And welcome, Seekers, to episode number 113 of God Beyond the Bible, uh, the podcast, as you know, that's created by Seekers and for Seekers. Our topic for the June series is fear and its potential to rob us of health and happiness. And we're talking about, of course, thoughtful fear, not real, not not threat, not a threat, not a live threat, but we're talking about that perceived fear. That's right. Yeah. Shout outs. Our shout outs this week are to, I'm going to mess this up so bad. Anika and Elmax. Okay. I, I'm sorry Welcome. if I messed that up, but we're glad to have you guys here. And you can always send me a pronunciation if I completely wreck yeah, it. Yeah, remember, fix it. we're from Arkansas. We yeah. have that Southern syntax yes. on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our quote this week comes from Anne Lamont. It says, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including like you. That's I right. I love that. That's good. Well, we ended the last episode by discussing the topic of fear-mongering and the groups that gain power, and there are many, that gain power, money, and control by means of presenting biased information to promote fear, the intended result being compliance and a specific intended reaction by the audience. The Christian religion itself is no stranger to this tactic, and I think we mentioned that a little in the first episode, and of course, governments the pharmaceutical industry, the industry, the insurance industry, and the probably the myriad of others have effectively oh, yes. utilized fear mongering to their own ends. Yeah, fear may be described as an emotional state triggered by the perceived threat of loss. The three most prominent areas of fear are the fear of death, the fear of sickness, and the fear of change. It is of our opinion that all of these are associated with the uncertainty of the future and the potential threat of loss that it presents to something very important to us. Of course, with death and its unknown factors and the fear of loss of our conscious awareness. Um, With illness, it's the potential of a decrease in our quality of life that results in financial loss and loss of happiness and freedom. And I think that sometimes that fear of sickness leads into that fear of death. Well, sure. Well, it's all prompted by that fear of death, which is the sickness that's going to be my last sickness. Right. (laughs) So, So go ahead. So we can understand the fear of death and the fear of illness. But how does the fear of change really start making that cut into the top three? Because... Our fear of change is really associated with loss. It's not so much that we're resisting change and or that we're resisting and fearing change because everything is so perfect the way it is. It's just that we're able to cope with things just as they are. And we know that. But 
the fear that things may change and we could suffer that loss of control and that false sense of safety that we've created around us, it, it really makes us makes that fear of change one of the big three. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I struggle with a lot down to when we first built the new part of our house, I purposefully designed it so that not even the furniture could be changed. So maybe we should put it this way. If we could remove the threat of sickness, death, and change that might have negative results on our quality of life, what would there be left for us to fear? Not really anything. Real things that you should like that. (laughs) Well, not much. (laughs) But even if we can't completely take away the threat of these three great unknowns, if we could all but eliminate the fear associated with them, wouldn't that be the next best victory for us? Oh, definitely. So let's start by asking ourselves, am I, am I a fearful, anxious warrior? Yes. <laughs> Since we know that fear is the source of worry, let's look at some questions that help us identify ourselves as fearful warriors. All right. So let's talk about um, the worry quiz by Dr. Scott Simington. You can actually go online and take this quiz and you can submit it um, and be rated as a Zen master, a mild warrior a moderate worrier, or a severe worrier. Did y'all take this quiz? Uh, yeah, I did. I took it mentally. I didn't just write it down. Did you guys write down your score? I went online and took it. Oh, actually, you actually I took could, it. Yeah, I just, did you, it turn all it? you do is do Are the you worry a quiz master? in his name. No, I was a little bit disappointed. Mm. I'm a moderate worrier. Well, I think most of us are. But. But moderate's above. I used to be a severe worrier, so yeah, I think I've made progress. made progress. I yeah. got you know. the same answer. Yeah. So rem- remember, the four categories are Zen master, mm-hmm. or that's no worries whatsoever. You don't worry about anything. A mild worrier, a moderate worrier, or a severe. And the reason we're saying worry is because worry is the natural reaction of thoughtful fear. Yes. Fear, perceived fear that's really not a danger but a perceived threat and that's what that's our reaction Mm -hmm. is we worry we start fretting and worrying about it okay and of course moderate worrier or severe worrier all right rate each answer with a number one through five now there's going to be 20 questions here and you guys can come back and listen to this later don't go run and grab your pen and stuff or pause it if you want to and go get you a pen and paper and and you can do this because we're not and we're going to talk about it later we're not probably grading this exactly the way they grade it but it's got to be pretty close to how they do it but really we're just concentrating on the questions you and i didn't even write it down i knew which category i would be and i knew i'd be in the moderate worrier yeah category just reading just looking the at the questions yeah okay so uh we'll just we'll just do it and uh and uh and so, go through in each of us i'd like for each of us here to just kind of give a number right off the top of our head so we're gonna rate each answer with a number from one to five with one being i strongly agree and five no i, no. I strongly disagree one, one being, is i strongly disagree and five being I strongly agree. So. Or, or, you know, maybe one should be. I don't know why they use that wording there because one should be uh, no, a- absolutely this does not. not. Yeah, this me. doesn't describe me. And five, yes, this describes me absolutely. I don't know why they use that. Right. Que- that, but right. I just wrote it just like they had it on the website. Okay, number one, I worry most days. Three. Three. Uh, yeah, two. Two. Two or three, yeah, somewhere okay. right in the middle. Question two, I frequently feel anxious. Now, years ago, that would have been a five for me. Myself but included. about two for me. I'm a two. Yeah. I am. Three. Um, I feel restless much of the time. Two. Two. Yeah, that's, that's me mm-hmm. too. And it used to be a lot worse than this. I carry tension in my body. 
Tabby, be honest. Five. <laughs> Five. Yeah. yeah. Carrying tension in your tense. Jaw, jaws clasp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm beginning to realize that I do it. And I've, before I even took this, I began to realize I do it. So I'm getting better. But you have probably three or four for me. I tend to overthink things. Five. 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 Yeah. I get stuck on worrisome thoughts where it becomes hard to focus on anything else. Three. It used to be five for me, but it's three, two or three. I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I imagine scenarios and think about what could go wrong. Five. Uh, It it used to be five for me, for sure five. But I, I I, I have to call my mind and say, no, wait. Wait, wait, wait. That, I'm not saying I don't shut it down, but yeah. it, it happens often. Um, I would say that I'm probably a three, but I feel like I need to say for folks out there, I'm also on medication that helps stop <laughs> this. Um, it is hard for me to be present when feeling worried and anxious. No, that's five. five. That's five for five. me. Yeah. I replay negative past events in my mind. Five. Three. Yeah, two or three for me. Not as much as I used to. I, I used to be a clear five on that, but not so much. I tend to study and analyze my worries. Five. <laughs> I guess that is. Does that mean that you're... You think about... You overthink your worries. I mean, oh, you're just... Okay. That's what I took it yeah, to okay. mean. Yeah, okay. I wasn't yeah. sure about that, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm three on that at least. A five. Yeah. When Wait. I have a worrisome thought, I feel the need to push it out of my mind. I didn't mean to step on Four. you. Four. Um... I would say a four. I tend to. Yeah, but then I, I become but almost obsessive in a way, sometimes. In a way, that's sort of a good away. thing, though, isn't it? That you want to push it out of you. I mean, really. Until it becomes obsessive and you can't focus on anything okay. because you've got to try and. Keep that out well, of your we're, mind. We're going to talk about it, but I don't I don't think pushing it out of your mind is the best. Sometimes maybe you're supposed to embrace it and yeah. figure Just out. Just accept it as what it is. Yeah. So when feeling worried or anxious. I feel compelled to seek reassurance by talking to others or doing online research. Stay off of WebMD, <laughs> Tracen. It's a five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely a five. I don't. If I'm anxious or worried, I want to be by myself. I don't want anybody. I don't even want people asking me what's wrong. Yeah. I don't want to put myself in any place where someone's going to ask me what's wrong i tend to be seeking out whether it's a video or an article or something to read about what so i'm I'm really a one there i I, you know i don't you You want to mull it over in silence so which number are we i think it's 13 i think it's me i often debate or try to refute my anxious worries Mm, i do that some i don't really understand I don't either. I said a two on that one because yeah. I don't really. I'm just going to go the middle because I'm not sure what they're shooting for there. A five for me. I do. It's, I argue. Often, does that mean you argue mm, with them and you. I often debate or try to refute my anxious worries. It's that mental struggle of I know this isn't something I need to be focused on. Oh, okay. I need to focus past this. Mm-hmm. I need to stop. And you sort of get into an internal argument with yourself where you can't push away from mm-hmm. I get angry or upset with myself when I unnecessarily worry or get anxious. Five. Five. Yeah, I do, but I don't let myself do that as often. I mean, I don't let myself get in that right. state as often as, uh, as I used to, but yes, yes. I avoid thoughts or subjects that make me feel anxious. No, that's a five, and I think that's five. a good thing. Five. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm just. I'm if not you gonna, know your triggers, why let yeah, it? Yeah, why do you? Yeah. You know, and I know they're probably gonna. There's probably a psychologist who would say, "No, you need to you need delve to into. In. They need to yeah. step into that." But I find it a whole bunch easier to avoid it. Yeah. 
especially if it's something that's nonsensical anyway. It's something that's exactly. going to make no difference whatsoever. My opinion's not going to matter. Uh, when I feel anxious, I actively try to get rid of that feeling. I'm going to say that this is probably a four because I went a lot of years that I just accept that this is how I am and this is a feeling that I have and didn't really try to work through it as an issue. It was just, well, I'm always going to be like this. Well, the occasional times that I really <clears throat> feel anxious, I do actively try to get rid of I the feeling. I'm, I'm trying to get I'm rid of five. it. Yeah. Um, I avoid situations and activities that make me feel anxious. I do that all the time. I think Three. that's... I'm I mean, a four because there are some times that I'm anxious and I know I have to do this. Well, so there are things, just... but, but I'm not going to intentionally put myself into places. Right. If I've got a choice, hey, do you guys want to go down here to this big concert and there's going to be 10,000 people and it's going to be hot in the sun and it's going to be, but no. it's like, uh, yeah. no, I really don't. I have oh, it'll to. be a lot of fun. Come on and go with us. It's going to be great. No. No. <laughs> there is no. so much that I wouldn't do if I just avoided all situations and activities that make me feel anxious. My husband and I went to a racetrack over the weekend, and I really struggled with anxiety. And I had a blast. Once we were there, I was fine. But this, these unknowns of I've never been there, I don't know the etiquette, I don't know how to do this, was terrifying. So, yeah, I would give myself a three because I do try and push myself to a degree out of my comfort <clears throat> zone and go, okay, this is something you know deep down you want to do. So uh, 18, Trace. Um, I cancel schedule activities when I feel anxious. Five. Five. Yeah, the ones I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ones I can. If I'm not going to the anxiety, concert yeah. in the sun. No, that's it. Yeah, my anxiety and stress causes me to miss out on many things in life. Five, and that's five for anybody that suffers it. I think I used to be a five, but I would say I'm learning, growing. Yeah. So I would say that's yeah. a three. I don't miss as many things now. Worry influences the decisions <laughs> I make. Five, five. five. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, if you break this down, there are 100 points possible. Scoring, That's 20 questions, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Scoring 100 points would place you in the highest category as a warrior. The four categories are Zen Master, which would seem to be those who score 25 and under. Um, mild Warrior, which would theoretically be for those with a 26 to 50 score. A Moderate Warrior, which would fall into the category of 51 to 75 points. And those who scored 75 or above would be classified as a severe warrior. So please keep in mind that Dr. Symington's scoring method probably takes some other factors into account when rendering your category. But we're just borrowing his questions to kind of get a feel on how great of a warrior we may actually be. And my actual score when I took it online was a 73. So I was very you was close. Almost, I was you very were very close. Yeah, to you that. were almost into the yeah. chronic, yeah, up into the uh, severe warrior. You were between, you were right on the border of moderate to severe warrior. Oh, say, so let's say you're a Zen master who has overcome fear and worry completely. Well, then, if you're at that great, great state of enlightenment, you probably aren't listening to this podcast <laughs> anyway. But if you are, Godspeed, my friend. Now, what area do you think most of the people you know would fall into? Most of us are moderate to severe. Most of the people I know appear to be, I know a few people, but most, I'm saying the, for the most part, most of mine, yeah, would be moderate to severe warriors. Uh, if we break it down to two 
categories. Let's just say 1 to 50, which would be the Zen Master or a Mild Warrior, or 50 to 100, Moderate to Severe Warrior. Where would most of our American society fall into? What do you think? Moderate to severe. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any doubt that so many people are struggling with anxiety and fear constantly. And, And we may based part of our answer of our knowledge that millions of anxiety and depression prescriptions are written and filled each year in America. Yes. So that should give you some indication. So let's say we're in the category of moderate to severe warrior. That means we spend a lot of time in the emotional state of fear. Let's not forget our topic. It is fear, but the product of fear that cannot be reacted to by fight or flight will be reacted to by freezing, and that is we are paralyzed in a state of worst-case scenarios playing over and over in our head like a continuous loop of videotape. So we are in the higher levels of worry, fear, and anxiety. What can we do? Well, many professionals say that the first step to controlling and conquering fear and worry is to acknowledge that it exists and to be honest with ourselves on how much it affects our quality of life. And that's really important when you can, for me at least, when I could put (coughs) a name on, because I did, I was blessed to come up in a family where dad had anxiety, so he named it for us. And he said, no, I want you to look, this is what this is that you're suffering from. This is anxiety. And having that name for it really helped me a lot where I could stop myself and go, no, you know, that's anxiety talking, you know, you know, this has a name. It is a thing. And just kind of, it helps you wrap your hands around it. And it's more than a thing. It's a state. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a state of mind. So like most things that make our lives difficult, acknowledging the problem is the first step. And just acknowledging it really can make us feel better because we feel empowered just to be self-aware It's enlightening to discover and acknowledge a problem that we have because then we realize that there just may be a solution to that problem, or at least we can acquire some tools to successfully manage the problem. Fear produces worry and anxiety, and worry and anxiety affect every aspect of our quality of life. If you think about it, it's quite an accomplishment to merely face the fact that we're sacrificing our quality of life due to fear. The phrase that there is nothing to fear but fear itself really does apply here since fear is the problem to begin with. And I I don't know. I I just, I do want to say one thing. I have nothing. I have been medicated for anxiety. There's nothing wrong with it. But don't let that be your last step. Don't expect the medication. And we're going to talk about that. It can help us, aid us. It can be the edge. And it's sometimes absolutely necessary. It It can give us that edge we need to start coping. But since the problem isn't solved exactly we're only treating we're only treating we're only treating the symptoms that's right i'm number 10 right Mm -hmm. so we have established that we are a fearful warrior and i'm just saying that for us around the table the reason we use the phrase fearful warrior is that many times we talk about or read about worry but we don't often connect it to its source which is fear the fear of loss the fear of the future that might cause us to suffer loss. Even if that loss is as, is as insignificant as the loss of our regular routine that we have grown so comfortable with. We don't like the thought of death. We don't like the thought of sickness. And we don't like the thought of change. And the overwhelming majority of our fear, worry, and anxiety revolves around these three perceived uncertainties and the scenarios of loss that our minds can, can concoct around these perceived dangers. 
We want to say that if you are of the fearful, worrisome type, you might want to visit our last three episodes on meditation. Meditation is the number one tool that we have to fight off fear, worry, anxiety, and depression. We are not minimizing the benefits of medication and professional counseling. Sometimes, like you were talking earlier, medication does give us the edge that we need to successfully function and combat these complex emotional and physiological challenges. And psychological, too. And don't be afraid (laughs) if you feel that that's something you need. Don't be afraid or embarrassed to go to the doctor, to go to a therapist. There is nothing wrong with getting that first tool in your toolbox. And I want to say here that we live in a rural area, and we'll talk about this some more, but we live in a rural area, and there's not much access to mental health. No professionals there's not and psychological you know psycho so most people just go to their general practicing doctor the general practicing doctor has some idea but they just have a kit full of pills prescriptions well, they can mainly give you a medication because they're not a counseling no they're not they're not designed so so sometimes it means go past you know we okay i went and got medication now i'm good That's, and there are <laughs> reputable um websites there are reputable yeah. apps i know that <clears throat> Dr. Phil actually has one called Doctor on Demand. You can yes. download that app. Your insurance will pay for it. And you can, in your home, talk to a, an actual licensed therapist <laughs> right there. So, okay, did I finish Part of 11, know your middle ways. You're at however. Okay, however, <laughs> if we can meet the challenge at its core, which is fear, we believe we may be able to enjoy an even better quality yes. of life and avoid many of the negative effects that long-term fear worry, anxiety, and depression have on our physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, and mental well-being. So as always, and until next time, may the divine's unconditional grace, peace, and love be on, in, and radiate out from each of you, our fellow seekers, from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.